The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This week, the guys talk about the fantasy football itch, best receivers of all time, Cubs fans always getting bad press, chicken in the world of sports, what movies they miss seeing on TNT, and LJ tries to fix the NBA again. All that and way more this week on Just Press Play. Here it is. The guys we're are all up. back and ready to go. And guys, football yes, season sir. is on. It's it started. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if y'all got to catch any of it. The Hall of Fame game was Thursday. The enshrinement was over the weekend. It was. It's, it's good feeling. Yeah. Waking up knowing football is back. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I got to watch only a little bit. Tammy, like she's like for real with <laughs> football already. <laughs> I said, Honey, they'll be out in the first. Let me watch the first two series <laughs> and I'll be okay. It starts to remind me real quick when I was watching some of the game and they're talking like maybe some of the backups. I'm like, oh, he's on he's on the Ravens now, yeah, or something. Oh, and you realize, yeah, no, receivers right on the around Ravens. the corner. I got to start. Yeah, yeah I got to start figuring some shit out. Yeah, mm. I'm looking at Joe Flacco right now because he's got a young, good core. I yeah, who's he got? Who are his receivers? Well, well I know I'm he picked little... up Benny Fowler the third, the former Broncos like fourth string, <laughs> yeah. which is okay. Wow, you spectacular! Oh, I can see why you think they're great with <laughs> yeah. Benny Fowler the Man, third. Over under, I did not think Benny Fowler would get a name drop in the first five minutes of the podcast. Man, I love that dude. I, he is so good. I anyway. Um, let's see. They got John Brown from the Cardinals, and they've got oh, Crabtree and Willie Sneed. And, oh, they did get uh, Crabtree and Oh man, I do. Uh, is Alex Collins still there, or do they let him go? Uh, I don't see his name on this list, so I'm going to say they let him go. I think for whatever reason he didn't stay, and I just thought he was really Why good. Did last year? Get rid of Crabtree. I mean, he's a legit receiver because he's a he? punk. Is he a punk? Oh, that's just because he gets into it with a cube to leave. That's a Bronco. Yeah. No, okay. this is a Bronco. Uh, well, we can homer. have that conversation, <laughs> man. We can have that conversation because this is also the dude that punched Chris Harris in the gut or, you know, privates. We're not really sure because. How do we know that wasn't egged on and started by the Broncos, guys? I think Tlaib's known for by being. What? By what? Words? Uh, I, I, I'm just saying Tlaib's so known Tlaib, for being. Tlaib, okay. Talib is a punk ass. Like we can all agree, Talib is not the best person that's ever existed. But if so, if Talib if Talib says you know your mom's fat or something like that, and then you go punch Chris Harris, like that's kind of a shitty thing to do. Am I right? Well, I wouldn't punch Talib personally. Talib's a scary guy. I mean, <laughs> I just see the one. Is well, that the one? Yeah. It was like in the end zone or something, and it was or near the end zone, and they were kind of in a crowd, and he just comes up and just knocks him in the nuts. That, that's what he's he's talking about with. So they were. They were kind of down on the sideline, and then he he pops him one good on a play, and then Chris Harris has to come out. So then the next play, 
Talib snatches the chain for the second time. That's my favorite. And then a brawl breaks. I love out. the chain snatching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that had happened twice. Oh, I do too. Like the the, well, the reason and, why you would wear the chain again, and then to leave. So it's so, like it's like yeah, I see the chain. I'm did you hear it one that more time. he? Uh, so before the second Bronco game, after the first chain snatch, he actually like uh, scotch taped it to his skin so Talib couldn't get under it, and Talib got under it anyway. And he still, and still got pulled it. it off. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know. I feel like Crabtree. So Crabtree was also in the locker room when they were uh, in the 49ers locker room when they were blaming uh, Kaepernick and Harbaugh for ruining the 49ers. Like he just seems to always be in the middle of a controversial situation. Well, he's a receiver. I mean, so he's going to be a little bit of a prima donna. Yeah. Well, I just. No, I I get what you're saying. I think that's why they let go. He does seem to be a little bit of a punk. I mean, I'm not saying Tlaib's not like an active member in this rivalry and I'm kind (laughs) of sad to see it go, but. I think I would yeah, have got both those guys have moved too. on, huh? Y'all don't have to leave and Crabtree's gone. True. True. Rivalry's dead. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the Raiders are now our friends. <laughs> just kidding. Speak. Just kidding. Yeah. That, I was about to, that, that seemed hard just to come out of your mouth. That was. <laughs> yeah. I'm just so excited about Gruden that it's hard to hate him at this point. So God, he just, did you, <laughs> so I was showing LJ, apparently Jared Cook brought the tight, they got Jared Cook the tight end now. And they asked him about one of the meetings and I forget exactly what he said, but he was like, we were watching film. It was some grainy film. I don't even know what it was. It was like old film before they did forward passing. And it goes back to his quote where John Gruden saying he wants to get football back to what he, I don't think he said back to the eighties and nineties or something. Like it doesn't believe in data or data. You know, it just, I think Bronco fans are like 10 years. Can we sign? Can we yeah. get them to go for more? Yeah. Like, Yeah. Oh, I'm looking for an extension. Yeah. <laughs> Already. So let's go ahead and go on to our best and worst of the week. And I think for me, that's just going to be my best, not John Gruden, but football. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I even watched a little Canadian football because Johnny Manziel played the other day and he didn't play so well, but just, it's just good seeing football back on my TV. And then that gets me into a whole another topic about TV and my cable subscription. I think we'll get into that in a little bit, but yeah, my best is just football's back, baby. And I'm pumped. Hey. I'm with you. I legitimately dressed up for the occasion. I legitimately put on <laughs> right a suit. Now, he's wearing a suit and tie. <laughs> I mean, Bronco yeah, color. Bronco color. So, by the way, but yes, yes. yep. Got yep. His, I wanted to look good for the listeners. Pack. He's got a yeah. clip and everything. No, I look great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he does. He's like, wow. <laughs> if I do say so myself, I look fantastic. I know, you know, I don't want to, you know, talk out of turn. But yeah. I look great. <laughs> so, LJ, what, what's your what's your best of the week besides football? Unless that's it too. No, no, no. Uh, so. So we've got a ceiling fan in our living room that's got a remote to it. And uh, it's it's a totally great idea, except for the fact that it's absolutely crippling when you lose that remote, because then you can't control the lights or the fan independently. Like and if your there's fan not, was off, is there not oh, another way to do it? Nope. No, it's just, that remote, it's there's only, a switch so oh. I can turn it on to whatever setting it was last before we lost the remote. And that was fan off lights on. So if we wanted fan in the living room, we had to bring in a box fan. <laughs> And so we're cleaning <laughs> up. Really, you had a ceiling fan that was just there for looks. It was not. Yeah. He basically had a light fixture. Yeah. It was a <laughs> chandelier with uh, with blades on coming out the side. <laughs> of it. Um, so we found the we found the remote and now we've got moving air in our living room and it's wonderful. I just, you know, there are some things I that think, didn't <laughs> last time we were there. I think you didn't have the remote to the. It's fan. been gone for like a month and a half, two months, maybe. Okay, that's it. I think yeah. it's been a while since you didn't. Yeah. And those are so hard to keep up with because. You don't need it all. You don't use it all the time. You turn on right. the fan and maybe you don't use it for another, like at least a TV remote, you know, you're flipping the channels or something or adjusting the yeah. volume. You turn the fan right. on and then you, you set the remote down. Right. And if you're anything like me, I throw a lot of stuff like on the either coffee table or couch and it could get 
under some clothes. I mean, it, it could disappear mm. in a heartbeat. Get anywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so yeah, your best is couch, so. your best is that it is back. <laughs> it has been retrieved, and you have moving here in the living room now. Yes, it is such a luxury. I've <laughs> gotten used to life without it, so it's good to be back. Well, Dad, I know I know you've been doing a ton of golfing this week, and golfing sometimes makes it on your on your best and worst. Uh, what, what do you got for your best this week? I mean, um, I, I don't have a best uh, to talk about with golf. <laughs> um, we played okay, not that good, not that bad. We played just okay, and. Um, I really, LJ just made me think of it because we had a ceiling fan in our bedroom that had the exact same situation. <laughs> and I finally found the remote control like two weeks ago in the back of, you know, you have a little uh, uh, thing by your bedside, your bedside table. Yeah. You yeah. have a drawer. Like in a little drawer. Well, yeah. It was hidden yeah. in the back under some stuff and everything. And I finally found it. So now I've got my fan going yeah. on low, which is just enough air movement to make it so comfortable. Yeah, I really like it. So I guess I mean, I, yeah. thank you. You gave me my best right yeah. there, Al. But yeah, it's one of those. And you almost yep. hadn't had it for so long that you've gotten, you've just learned how to deal with not having that remote. Yeah, and right. now all of a sudden, this yeah. luxury is back in your life. <laughs> oh man, I'm telling you. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Well, it sounded like the way you're since you didn't actually have a best. Did were you coming in hot with the worst? Do you have a worst of the week? No, I don't really have a no. worst either. I'm just, I, I'm just happy to be here. Man, that's all you know. I'm just here so I don't get fined. That, that's all. That's all you're doing. That's right. <laughs> LJ, what do, you, what do you got for your worst of the week? All right, uh, bear with me. This is this is a journey. Uh oh, here but, we go. <laughs> but I will say that my worst, when we come down to it, is me, and then I'll get you there. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so I heard I you scratch that off think, my worst too. <laughs> um so a couple days ago it came out that uh madden uh it censors some uh, some words I know in the soundtrack where we're going. i know where we're going notably notably curse words um but but recently this this past madden there's a big sean lyric that has colin kaepernick's name in it and they censored his name out of the name the they censored song. colin kaepernick like, like it was a curse word. like it was not a curse word song. nothing like that just colin kaepernick's name yeah. was in it okay. and and this is the soundtrack for what? Madden. Madden. Okay. Madden. All right. So they came out and said that it was an accident because the programmers, they thought that since they didn't have the rights to Colin Kaepernick, then they didn't have the rights to his name either in songs, which is kind of baloney, but I guess it could happen. Um, but so then I started thinking about like, okay, so uh, they have the rights to enter any member of the NFL Players Association. And so I started looking to see, you know, is he in, but I can't find that information anywhere. And then... Uh, I find out that they also did this last year while he was a active member of the league um, and this before his uh, protest became front page news. So it really didn't feel like an accident. Wait, then. wait, they, they bleeped out Colin Kaepernick's name last they year? They sure did, yeah. Uh, it was oh, not, not nearly as talked about because apparently the guy who found it kept getting his videos shut down by EA Sports, which is interesting nonetheless. Um, not surprising, though. No, not at all. Shut the- so. But so Wait, at that the guy point, that noticed that Kaepernick's name was out last year mm-hmm. tried to point it out, tried and to put, put videos, videos of it up on Twitter, it. but then it got copyright stricken by Madden because he was using their material. And so they kept pulling it off of Twitter. And so no news media picked up on it, which is interesting. Uh, okay. So they shut it up. Yeah. They shut it up before. Somehow it. they shut it up. Yeah. yeah. And so so that's interesting because if it was a NFLPA uh, rights problem, well, he was, you know, an active member of the league at that point and he was actually in the game. So, uh, so it's a little bit absurd for that to be the excuse then. And then I was also thinking like, if, if you can't use the lyrics to a song, then don't use the song. Like that's my job is pick out songs for things. So then I started thinking, 
And I realized that I spent an hour researching the NFLPA and learned a lot about their retirement packages. And then I spent an hour looking at the changes the NFL made in Madden. And then I went down memory lane looking at Madden and I also looked up the song and listened to it. And I don't care about YG at all, who was the original writer of the song. Yeah. And so that's when I realized that I was noticing how cheap the real estate is my mind. Like I'd totally give <laughs> how away cheap the real estate. Every... Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not worth a damn. I just give it away. So uh, it's a it's definitely a buyer's market in there. And uh, I just need to get better at that. <laughs> so the song, though, that it was bleeped out of was a, I think it was a Big Sean song and Big Sean YG song. Okay, but I thought Big I Sean could... was the rapper on it. Ah, okay. Well, he was a and rapper on it, and it was his lyric that they censored. I know, I know. Big Sean tweeted out that he was upset that it happened, and that nobody from EA Sports contacted anybody from their team to let him know, like, hey, by the way, because it's one thing if you're going to do it, but also if it's Big Sean's song or YG song, whoever song it is, feel like they should be contacting, go, hey, we are still putting you on, but we're bleeping this out. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that. But then you know, I, I after realizing how freely I was giving away my brain space I started (laughs) and how manipulatable I was uh I started realizing that like it could totally be uh because I listened to that song uh so it could have been Big Sean trying to or YG either one of them trying to push that song out there I mean yeah that's just that's just free publicity it also did all this because more people are talking about Madden Big Sean the song maybe I mean I don't know every everybody wins I don't know if any of them did it on purpose so either way I've just you know I've learned about myself that I'm easy to manipulate. And so I want to try not to be because, you know, that's uh, it's not a good place to be. So anyway, that's where I'm at. That's my worst is I don't. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah, my my worst is going to be sticking on uh, since I stuck with football. We've been on a football theme, I guess, here. We talked about Madden stuff, but a couple of a couple of quotes I heard. I I was watching some of the enshrinement over the weekend. And one thing that caught me, Ray Lewis's speech, it was really cool just in general to see some of these players. I feel like I'm I'm now – I've reached the a point in age where now the people getting inducted in the Hall of Fame are like the people I grew up loving. Mm-hmm. Like I played Madden yeah. with Brian Dawkins. And I yep. played I, – these are my guys. Brian Erlacher, Ray Lewis, yeah. and T.O. and Moss. Yeah. And uh, – but Ray yeah. Lewis's speech was exactly what you would think. I mean, he was like preaching up there. He, he talked about all kinds of things. It was wild. Like at times I got lost. But there was one quote where he – I really don't know the context because he just was jumping around, but he ta- he's talking about his kids, and he talks about how he still kisses his kids in the mouth was his quote. And there's nothing – first, that's a weird thing. I think he means like he still kisses them on the lips, the lips. It's a weird thing to say. But the, the best it. thing – and I'll put the video in the show notes. The camera pans over to the kids, and the, the two boys, they're like – I don't know. They're probably 25 years old. One of them, I think, is in, at college. And he's like – Hell no, oh, <laughs> kiss me in the mouth. Like their look was just awesome. And you can even see, I think Jim Harbaugh's right behind him. Oh, and he just is like pointing to the kids laughing. Like, look, look at the boy, look at his boy. And it was just, it was weird. Yeah. yeah my worst is just. That's hilarious. The, the, in general, I thought Ray Lewis's speech, there was, it was 30, I think it was like 35 minutes, 20 of it was good. And then 15 was just Ray Lewis being Ray Lewis. But I guess that's mm-hmm. what you get. Well, he had time to feel because Terrell Owens didn't have a speech, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, well, he did. He did his up in Chattanooga. He just didn't do it. Did they do? What did they do? I didn't get to watch. Did they do anything for Terrell Owens? They didn't do. I don't think they did any time for him because he said he kind of stood them did up. They so recognizing? Like, okay. Did they? I, I mean, he's obviously. got a jacket and he's getting. I, I don't really know. I don't think they did anything for him. I'm sure he got his bust in there, but is it a bust? B U S T. Bust. B U S T. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He didn't show up at the facility at all, right? Like he wasn't even there. No, right. he wasn't in Canton. He was in Chattanooga. Right. He did his own. Yeah thing where he which yeah. it was kind of i get like what he 
part of me gets a little bit of it because he's going back to the the, the the small college that gave him a shot and the group of people that he really – where he first got his start and all this, and I get that. But don't – like the Hall of Fame is one of the biggest mo- – like when you go – when you're a kid – and fo- if you love football, this is the biggest moment to see them take that sh- uh, the thing off the bus, the towel off the mm-hmm. bus, and see your moment. And can't like to, I do what Randy Moss did, where he said tomorrow or today he'll be in West Rand, West Virginia at four thirty in the town center, and he's going to shake hands, meet everybody, let everyone if they want to put the jacket on, well, like whatever. That's cool. Go back to your hometown, but just don't. The Hall of Fame's a moment. That's such a big I don't moment. Know. So. So here's the argument the devil's advocate for T.O.'s actions is who enshrines you into the NFL Hall of Fame? The It's the media, right? Yeah. Right. Kind of, doesn't the media vote on it? Well, the media votes. I think some Hall of Fame members vote. There's like a committee. Um, it's, a, it's made up of a committee and of former players and, I and would, press or people of the press. I would argue that a lot of the reason that T.O. for one took so long to get into the Hall of Fame was because of the way the press wrote about him during his career. And also, it jeopardized his job on multiple occasions. Deservedly or not is not my job to say, but I could see why he would feel a little bit dejected by the members of the media in his post-playing days. Well, I, you know? and I and you kind of say maybe deservedly. So a lot of it, I felt like he brought on himself. Mm, yeah, exactly. And the but only I would thing, say a lot of it he didn't, though. There was a lot of times where The only where problem he that him just, not doing this, him not going to the Hall of Fame, is just all the media members that said he was a headache and, and, and all this. He's just giving them credence. He's like... That's basically he's confirming, right. he's confirming what he's they validating said. what they've written about. Him. Well, I mean, I, yes and no. I don't, I don't know if he necessarily validates anything by saying, I don't want to play your stupid games anymore. He's just not making the money by speaking for them. You know, um, well, it's, if I'm not he went saying to the that Hall of Fame and made his speech at the Hall of Fame. I mean, he could, he could certainly recognize Tennessee Chattanooga and probably get them more publicity by well, I don't, speaking at the Hall of Fame. About. Sure, sure. But I think it's more about I, I would say that it's more about screw the media than promotion for a small school would be the way it's always seemed to me. Yeah, I do think he's always felt like the media had it out for him. Yeah, but he's he's screwing himself. I think, you know, I, I well, OK, why? what is just like what's well, like what the moment? It's the moment yeah. when, when we got to go to the Hall of Fame, when uh, Emmett Smith Emmett was getting inducted and, and seeing like Moose uh, say the things and, like this, the moment those players had. To, to to reach this point in their career, I just feel like T.O.'s doing himself a disservice by letting the media members win. You know, I think like, he might regret what it. What does he lose, day, though? I mean, you know, he, he loses the moment. The moment. Yeah, the moment. The ceremony of getting into the Hall of Fame. Well, but like, okay, so statistically, he's definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? Was he a first ballot? Yeah, I, I, he should have been. He should have been a first ballot. No, he wasn't. So he should have been. I thought. So but. he kind of lost his moment. They kind of took his moment away from him in his eyes. I mean, again, maybe deservedly so. It's hard to. I don't think the Hall of Fame should be about who was the best member of, uh, you know, a media circus or you know, whatever. It should be about who was the best player. And he was, I, in my opinion, definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer by that criteria. And so by not getting it, it was kind of like knocking them down a peg and saying, you don't, you're not good enough for us in whatever ways they decide. And so I would say in a, in a sense, he lost his moment. He, they took his moment from him. So I, what does he lose? All right. Well, yeah, yeah. we're getting a little move on for, for sure. I, I, yeah. I want to ask real quick. Uh, you can, who do you pick? If you can start, you can draft either one since they both got inducted this week, T.O. or Randy Moss whole career. Randy Moss. I think so. No doubt. Yeah. 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 I'm in the same boat. I think. T.O. was 
Probably. I just I can I never can get over what T.O. did when he uh, like ripped his Achilles and then came back real quick and just carried the Eagles when they lost the Super Bowl on like a half a foot. I mean, it was just T.O. was yeah. amazing, and he was really good when he was thirty six and at the yeah. Bengals still. Even I mean, he was a head case, yeah. and people wouldn't get him, but you couldn't deny that the dude was good. Now Randy was just or something he did. That was Randy different. Randy Moss, you could say, had some. He's in the head case. Yeah, not Hall of Fame, but he's in the class. But I think he was less of a head case than Terrell. I would take I would take Randy Moss on my team before I take Terrell Owens. I think I, I just over the breadth of their career. I'd be happy so, with either though. I mean, you you don't. Uh, yeah, they're top two talents of their generation. So it was amazing to finally see like when Randy Moss finally got with. I mean, he Cole Pepper was a good quarterback. He played with some quarterbacks, but when he got a quarterback like Brady. It was a whole different level. You just realized mm-hmm. this dude was doing it with whoever was throwing the ball. Now yeah. he's got yeah. one of the goats, a future Hall of Famer throwing yeah. the ball. That was the, yeah. one of the years I won fantasy football. I had Tom Brady and Randy Moss. Oh, and that's uh, they put a lot of points on the board. I think they scored the most points. I think I still hold the record in my <laughs> football league yeah. of over 25 years we've been doing this, I believe, now. And I still hold the record for the most points scored in the season, and it was the Moss-Brady. Well, that year, Brady broke the record for touchdown passes and Moss broke the record for touchdown, touchdown receptions. receptions. I mean, that, yeah. they, that, and that they broke Patriots the record team should have won it. Yeah. They should have won it all. I, I, I was a, I wanted them to have the perfect season. I was rooting uh, for them. For the, that was the first time I was rooting for the Patriots, I think, ever. I was so pleased to watch them lose. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this can be a quick answer, Dad, but just I was looking at some of the leaderboards and, you know, Jerry Rice is the top of every receiver mm-hmm. leaderboard. Mm-hmm. I think there is. Like, he's on everything. Why was Jerry Rice better than Randy Moss and T.O.? And if so, why he wasn't faster or taller, was he? No. Uh, and and the only thing I can go back to is is I think he would attribute it to work ethic. I think his training regimen, which which probably got some of these players today started on their training regimen uh, yeah. that he would do. But he was just uh, he was just better he got open he he wasn't going to drop a ball but it wasn't like he had hands like uh antonio brown or chris carter yeah i mean he didn't have those kind of hands to me but he he was sure-handed i think he was a very precise route runner and oh yeah he had joe montana and steve young that's what we were just I, right. I thought about we so, just mentioned when when moss had brady <laughs> jay rice yeah. had two hall of famers thrown to him his whole career almost. Yeah, his whole so, career so yeah. Uh, that probably had as much to do with it as anything, but I think I think uh, Jerry Rice was prepared to. He was the best athlete he could possibly be. He made the most of his athletic ability. That's just uh, I think that's fair. When, when you think of like when you think of Randy Moss, you think of a guy who just has you know that extra gear that other players. You just can't when he go when he puts God his hand up. Ability. Yeah, it's just he's gone. You're not keeping up with him. When you think of To, he was just bigger and stronger than any corner trying to and guard faster him, faster than a lot of them. But yeah. And, and when I think of Randy Moss, I mean, when I think of Jerry Rice, which granted I didn't watch, the time I watched Jerry Rice is like when I was really young and he was on the, the Raiders or whatever, like the very, mm-hmm. very end, end of, of his career. career. So I didn't see like Jerry Rice at his best. And so I just, but from what I've seen and like I've seen his measurables, he, there's nothing that just stands out besides look at his numbers. Those stand out. But yeah, as I think of most of the highlights I've seen of Jerry Rice, they reflect him making a good cut, catching the ball in uh, in stride and, and going, you know, so the, yeah. he, 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 some of that was a product of the guys throwing the ball. He had two amazing guys throwing the football. For sure. It also goes with what, 
what you talked about. And LJ's mentioned it. I know he's mentioned it to me before off the podcast. I think he has on too, but the all or nothing with the Cowboys, I was kind of watching some. I've been yeah. watching some of that finally. Yeah. And you just see guys like Des Bryant, who I think I think the players in the locker room did really, really like Des Bryant. And he's a gamer. He wants to yeah. win. But there's yeah. a difference between when you have that ability, but you still are like in the in the weight room or in the film yeah. room at all. Like Jerry Rice was always prepared. Oh, and he was better than you and more prepared yeah. than you. Like it's just there's a difference when you put them both together. That's right. why well, there's I Tom think Brady's we definitely talked about it on the show. But it's like the chip on the shoulder mentality too, where he came from a small school, nobody cared about him, and so Southern even when US. he was the best in the league, he still felt like he had to prove himself. Whereas you know, I think a Des Bryant doesn't feel as much like he. Well, and and from uh, from all or nothing, you can kind of see that when they played the Broncos. And he was, they were trying to tell him, you know, this is how good Aqib Talib is. This is how good Chris Harris is. And he was like, I don't want to hear about how good they are. I want to, you know, I'm good. Let's talk about how good I am. And it's like, you need to come in with an attitude of, I've got to prove to the world that these guys aren't better than me. Not the world already knows that I'm better. So I can just chill and. Yeah, you know, agreed. So. I mean, just. Jerry Rice's chip on his shoulder, I think was a huge factor in him being the best. I mean, people time. still say to this day about Tom Brady, he still acts like the guy that got taken in the sixth, the sixth round, round and got round, passed right. up. Like it, he doesn't think like, um, they should know how good I am. He wants to, every day he goes out to practice and he wants to show for all those teams that skipped on me. Here we go. Let's do it again. And there's just guys are built differently. I think before every one of his 45 Super Bowl appearances, he thinks <laughs> they don't think I'm supposed to be here. And then he goes out and proves it. So, uh, yeah, I agree. It's chip on the shoulder. That's, he said that's 45. one of the biggest things. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I thought he did. <laughs> so, I want to get on to the, the news that kind of made some headlines earlier this week, and it's it's uh, Urban Meyer, and basically just the real gist of it real quick is his assistant coach, Zach Smith, had has gotten in trouble for some domestic violence issues. And Urban okay. Meyer, it, Urban Meyer got asked, he was assistant, I think, at Florida and then also at Ohio State, and recently he's been dismissed. And uh, they they asked him at Big Ten Media Day, I think on Thursday or Wednesday, they asked him, they said, Urban, did you know anything about Zach Smith's domestic violence history? And Urban Meyer said, no, I had, I had no clue. I, I was as he soon denied as we, having any As soon as we him. heard about it, we got rid of him. We, we did everything we need to do. I hope he I, he's still a friend, but I just I didn't know anything about it. That was in the story. Yeah. But then it came out, uh, Brett McMurphy, who's a college insider, he he did some digging because he thought, actually, I've done some re- re- like reporting in this area, and I've thought he did know about it. There was like a conversation going on. So why would he lie about it? So he did reporting on it and they figured out that in 2015, Meyer's wife who works for Ohio state and uh, Zach Smith's wife, who was the one going through years of domestic violence were texting back and forth about it. And they even said like, she said, I'm going to have to tell urban and like they have a screenshot of the messages wow. and she says, yeah, you should wow. tell urban. So the whole point now is it's not necessarily that urban let it happen. It's just that, he knew about it. They asked him a question, and he lied. That's where the problem is. He lied. Sure, he Jeez. should have done something, but yeah. he should have not lied. And it's just now he's on paid administrative leave. And I guess, long story short, I guess what I'm asking you, L, do, does he does he have to go? Can they keep him? Uh, what, what's the answer there? I I I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. Uh, I would say yeah. let him go because, uh, you know. It's for one thing, I think it's kind of cowardly to like let somebody who works for you be that way if you know about it. And then also to to then lie about it. Like, I just I'm not a fan of that behavior, but I I'm glad I'm not making that decision. That's a tough one. 
I mean, that's fair. I, I mean, if I if Urban Meyer, obviously one of the best coaches, I think in in our conversations, I mean, there's there's he and, and I think there's uh, Nick Saban, Urban and Meyer, Saban, and the rest, and then there's the rest. So I wouldn't want him gone from my team, but what he did, and I know we've got a thing about this as our family does. I mean, he lied. If he would have just said something different, perhaps, I, you know, I don't know if I knew about that or, or I don't know what he could have said. I think he took the easy way out yeah. and just said, I, I don't know anything about it and thought I better go home and get this crap figured out. But then it exploded yeah. on him. Um, I don't know that he has to go, but he really needs to come clean. And he, you cannot condone domestic violence in any shape, form or fashion. No. Um, well, and it just goes the whole thing. I think it just shines a light on if if, if you needed any more proof of big time coaches out there. Just the days of of throwing your throwing your skeletons in the closet and just keeping it shut. That's over. Like it's coming out. Get in front. No matter how yeah. big, if it's uh, you paid someone or any, no matter how big it is, you just got to get in front of it now because yeah. at some point it's going to get out. And if you lie about it, like I think that's at the end of the day, it's not that he may be covered. If he would have said. Yeah, we knew about it. We thought that he was. It Maybe was we thought over we handled it, it. Yeah, internally, we could, yeah. but or something. Even that, even then, he can go. You know, I made a mistake, and we should have handled it differently. But I did know about it. Then he's fine, and he's not. Yeah, that's a much better answer. And yeah. it's just the days of hiding behind stuff. It's going to come out, man. It's just it's out well, there. And, and what gets what yeah. really is the ruination of of most everybody in the media that gets caught in something like that? It's the fact that they lied. Just own up to what you do yeah. and. Do your best to fix John, Josh Hader. I mean, there, there's some people that are not happy with him, but some that are because at least he 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 didn't try to lie his way out of it. And and I just appreciate a person that'll stick their hand up and go, "I did that. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it again. I'm a different person." Yeah, I appreciate that. It was yeah. interesting to me. On this note, I, I did see that um, a fan started a petition in Ohio to save her. It's called like Save Urban's Job, and it's got over thirty thousand signatures on it. And that's where I'd be torn at. I'll try to ask dad this question, but if this was my coach, if this, if Herb Myers at the university of Arkansas, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to say, I want to get rid of him. as much as he did something wrong. I mean, urban Meyer get puts you in the chance for the playoffs every, every year. year, every single year. And I don't know, it makes it tough, but I did look back. I don't know if y'all, I'm sure you remember, you know, Aaron Hernandez back in the, when urban was at Florida, he had Aaron Hernandez on the team. He yep. had Janoris Jenkins, who was always in trouble. I looked it up, and let's see. 25 players were arrested 31 times during Meyer's six-year stint at Florida. And as soon as Meyer left, like six of them got kicked off the team, including Janoris Jenkins, who was a really good player. He's now uh, making like $60 million in the NFL. Yeah. But Will Muschamp, just when he got there, he realized, holy yeah. crap, this is – they're good. There's a lot of talent here, but these guys are yeah. run out of control – and it kind of made me think that sounds like he was also, I bet he was, because a lot of these charges, they would get in dust-ups and stuff would happen, and then the the matter would be handled uh, internally. So that's like, you know, Urban or the university's call. Yeah. I kind of what happened with Art Browse and Baylor, where you go, let's get this situated not in the public. We'll, we'll deal with it. And I just think, yeah. I, when, when, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I just think there's maybe, Urban's a really good coach, but I think maybe Urban Meyer will bend some rules to win, which I think is college football. I think they're all bending rules to win. Yeah. That that story That's certainly uh, I mean, provides some validity to the fact that Urban Meyer might 
he wants to win worse than he wants to discipline or, or make a difference in a young man's life, perhaps. So, And I guess it just depends on, you know, what your stance as the fan or the university, what you believe the point of college football really is when it comes down to it. And if it's just win, then it's hard to let go of somebody like that. But but I would I would be surprised if people would openly say the most important thing is winning and nothing else matters. Um, but I think that's the way people feel. Would you rather Urban Meyer tell you, yeah, I, I, I did some things because I wanted to win. As a fan, you want him to win. You know, we're all we're it's like we talked about with Hater last week. We're quick to uh, we're quick to give someone the benefit of the doubt if he's winning for our team. You know, if Greg Hardy would have been sacking a lot more quarterbacks while he's at the Cowboys. I bet Cowboy fans would have liked him a little. I mean, you know, it's just all right. Real yeah. quick, and I don't. I'm taking a left turn, but a little bit. We got to talk about Good. that Chicago baseball guy. I wanted to bring up since we brought all up right. Hater, I, and we remember, can delay it, but we got to talk. LJ, about do you that. remember? Let's go. Let's go ahead and now. Do you remember the guy we talked about? The worst guy that that the called, foul ball got the foul ball from the kid and gave it to his girlfriend yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, I I don't know the full story, right. but there's more to it. Like apparently. The guy caught a ball earlier. Correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin. The guy caught a ball earlier in the same game and gave it to the kid. And then I think there was another ball. This was the okay. third ball. That Apparently, we saw. this guy was really. He, he sits there a lot, uh-huh. and he's really good about. It. He gets foul balls and he gives them to people. Like he's he try he tries to hurry up and get them, and he'll give them to different kids and stuff, supposedly. And if you see the picture of the kid after the game, the kid has a one foul ball in his hand. And then he has another ball that's signed by Javi Baez. So many thought after the game, you know, like I did, we were blasting the guy and saying the Cubs hooked him up with not only a the ball, Cubs but a signed ball too. And then the people who reported it were saying that, no, actually the second ball, one was Javi Baez. The second ball was the one that the guy had given him earlier that game before the cameras were on him. So maybe he deserves, maybe he deserves a little slack, but okay. I, my conspiracy theory is coming out. I'm <laughs> just trying to stay woke here. And I think the Cubs just saw that they they, they 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 the picture was out there and it was a guy in a Cubs jersey and this looks terrible and then the, even some of the tweets came out that was like this is Trumpism in two thousand eight like it was just a, a whole whirlwind got through and it was just not what the Cubs wanted so maybe the Cubs were just like oh actually this guy's really good he gave a ball already blah blah, blah. And I think they just spun the story to well, make and the a guy Cubs in a Cubs jersey look good firsthand how bad it can get if one of your fans becomes infamous I mean Steve yeah, Bartman the Cubs better than anyone yeah. Florida. There's some validity to that, but I don't know. I I, think I don't think that they would make that yeah, up because what do they have to gain by I'm making sorry, that up? I'm sorry, because he, the bullshit buzzer on that. Because he looks because he looks bad in the Cubs jersey. They don't want to show. Oh come on now. I mean the I'm guy we we tore the guy up. That ain't even bullshit. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> we we blistered this guy, and it's it seems I'm pretty confident that he'd given the kid a ball before. Why? Because you read it. I've heard it from numerous sources, yes, that probably read it. I think that we just need to give the guy a break. We need to back up. I will say this does show what Twitter does and social media does now. We saw a 30-second clip, and we were already ready to – we don't have any idea what happened in the game. We were ready – we were blasting the guy. And that is what Twitter yeah. does now. We see just, you know, a 30-second video, and you don't see everything in 30 seconds. Hey, I've been told most of my life that I have an acquired taste. So <laughs> – <laughs> think, think if someone had to to make their mind up for you, about you and about your personality and who you are in a thirty second clip. I mean, that would be terrible. So surely, yeah. I mean, let's. I'm giving the guy a break. I'm not going to make my mind up for him in, in thirty seconds. I bet he's a good guy. 
Well, I, I just, you know, I don't know. I'm staying woke on it. I just, uh, yeah, but you don't think we've even been to the moon yet either. So, well, you know, you know and uh, sort of- <laughs> woke is the wrong <laughs> word for Kevin. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and touch on all the sports. I, I hear through the grapevine that you have a way. I didn't realize the NBA was broken. I think we talked about last time that, that it's just a, a cash cow, but do you have a way to fix the NBA? Well, okay. What's, so, what's the problem? Tell me the yeah, problem, let me, I guess. Let me propose a problem, and if you guys agree with it, then we can move forward. Otherwise, this is a dumb segment. Um, the problem, I think, <laughs> is that the the league is too individual-centered, and I think a better league would have more team chemistry as an important factor of building a team. And so I think I might have an idea, albeit a strange one, to try to put it more team chemistry-based. Okay. So, so are you... You're saying the NBA is it's it's LeBron. It's, it's just you need, you need the star. You don't need to have a good team chemistry to necessarily win. Yeah, I would say well, it seems to me. And, and again, I'm, I'm a little bit more of an outsider than you guys. So that's why this subject could be just absolutely dumb if you guys disagree. But uh, I think that an individual has more impact than team chemistry. Like if you've got a shot at I mean, there's like there's there's 10 to 15 players that you want on your team and how they work out with your team doesn't matter. I go ahead and give me the stars and we'll figure the rest out later. That's the way it seems to me. I think you're right to an extent, but I do. I, the, the good teams, like you do need to get your stars, but you need to figure out the chemistry. Like you you see the warriors, those guys play just perfect basketball within each other. They've also got four stars. I mean, they're, they're a broken five now. They're a broken team. Yeah. They broke the mold. Yeah. They're, they're not a part of this conversation at all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Take them out. So I get what you're saying. Uh, how can how can you change? I, how do you fix that? Well, so I was trying to think a way just because I like to break down rules and try to figure out. So one of the things I was kind of got a little Mike Greeny and you got a little, a little Greenberg, bit maybe. Yeah. So one of the things I was thinking about is what if uh, you get an extra point if between shot clock uh, uh, resets, all five of your players touches the ball. Wait, so within the 24 seconds or the shot clock goes? Anytime all, it resets, you have to get all five players to touch it to get an extra point. I'm, I'm intrigued with it. I mean, I, I think I want to make one little little change Okay. in that if all five players touch the ball and the offense scores oh, in that absolutely. possession. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's an extra point, point that adds on. The two point becomes a three point yes. or the three point becomes a four. It's if not they a don't free score, point. They don't get a Correct. point. It just adds yeah. on to whatever. That's what I meant. Yeah, thank you for uh, okay. bringing that up okay. because that's exactly the way that I intend it. Is it's If you have all five well, people but, touch it and then miss a three-point shot, then you get zero points for that. Whatever. Yeah. Right. So let me break down why I think this is a good thing. Is I think uh, you want to have five players that you trust touching the ball defense uh, can become a little bit more about uh, shutting down a player. So, so, you know, you can get more one-on-one sort of things that the NBA loves to see. Well, I just think team chemistry has to be on point because getting five people to touch a ball in 24 seconds or less is really difficult to do. So it's not going to change the tide of most games, but if you pick up on that strategy completely, then I think it could, you know, a team that picks up on that strategy. I mean, like the Warriors are going to just if this rule is implemented today will be the best team to ever play basketball. But then once, you know, their roster kind of resets after their salaries start wearing off and stuff like that, then I think this might balance the game to a more team centric game as opposed to an individual centric game. Do you guys does that make any sense? Is that stupid? I don't know. What do you think? Well, interestingly, this is kind of how Steve Kerr revolutionized basketball is. 
he when he got to the Warriors, his biggest thing the the, the NBA was big on metrics. They they like they started yeah. really getting the data and looking up different stuff. And Steve Kerr got and he said one one thing I don't like is we only had two hundred and forty seven passes per game. That number needs to be above three fifty. Okay. And so now they, they since they've started that, if you watch the Warriors, their ball movement is great. Mm-hmm. I mean they fly. Yeah, it does help that they have four now five all stars on their roster, but they also move the ball better than anyone. Yeah, and they like he did. So he looked at some stats and he looked at when Mark uh, Jackson was there, and they averaged two. I think I think it's a two forty seven is what they averaged before. And he looked at for the the three years prior to Steve Kerr getting there when they had three hundred passes in a game, they were undefeated. I think they were like twenty one and zero. And so he's like, we're obviously better when we pass the ball. And I think you're right. It, it, Teams would not only would they benefit from scoring the point, they just would be better team if they because you can't move faster than the ball. Ball movement is no doubt. the way to win. You know, spacing. I know Dad's a big spacing guy, and ball movement. It's, but I don't know if I like. It's weird to me implementing a point for that. I don't know. I, I well, just think that would make it wonky. I keep think it up something with. with what you just said that made me think is that that is already incentivized enough. Just not enough teams have realized it. So maybe we don't need to just add the smart ones to don't it. realize it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it doesn't need a point. Maybe just people need to, you know, wake up to things that make teams successful. Um, I still like it because I think it's fun to change the rules, but I don't know. I think it'd be interesting. Well, yeah. the only thing is I don't think it changes the, the fact that, the NBA is always going to be a, a, a league where go get me uh, LeBron James and we'll figure the rest out. You know, I, well, I just need my star. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. But I think maybe something that happens is you have like a top 30 player, but but outside of the top 15 is available or a top 80 players available. But they're uh, you know, they've got a history with your point guard or something like that. Then that person becomes maybe a little bit more valuable than that top 30 player. Because Aren't the Hawks like doing what he's saying like two years ago though that they really didn't have a star did they when they when they won like 60 games yeah and and, and it was largely an unknown you know somewhat the no-name team, defense. but it wasn't a bunch of stars yeah it was like the no-name defense it was what? basically yeah it was al horford and schroeder and i mean it was a bunch of names you didn't really i mean you know that them, i but didn't know like stars at all yeah the common fans not knowing them, but they just they did. They played really good basketball. I bet if you look at their passes, I bet because it was Mike Budenholzer uh, Budenholzer was Bud. It's a weird name. I think it's Budenholzer, <laughs> but easy for you. Bud, to say. Budenholzer. I don't know, but that, is, that now that I think about it, that's a that's a it's a horrible name to say. I mean, I don't know. Um, but he was from Bud Budenholzer. Anyway. He was from Spurs. He's a, a Popovich disciple. And then he went there and implemented that same ball movement style. And you don't – it's just like when the Spurs won the championship over the Heat, when the Mavericks won the championship over the Heat too, they did it largely. They, You have Dirk or, or uh, a, a Ginobili or Tim Duncan that kind of can get you a bucket when you need it. But at, at the core of the game, you're, there's three quarters where you need to get easy buckets. You don't need to ISO and have to really work hard. That's why the Rockets couldn't beat the Warriors. Because every bucket, James Harden's got to... He's working his tail off. Yeah, especially when you see So what I'm hearing is that I don't need to be in the NBA front office. I need to be in a team's front office. Because no need for a rule, just take advantage of the situation. Well, it's cyclical. I mean, it it really is. I think right now we are an all-star driven league. We, (laughs) the NBA. (laughs) I think the NBA is an all-star driven league. And I think certainly the NBA has promoted it because their players are so visible and they have no helmets on and all this, blah, blah, blah. But I think that you could put a team together like the Falcons did a couple of years ago that whose teamwork, because at its core, 
besides spacing and ball movement is, is teamwork. Yeah. Uh, uh, but an individual can make a huge, a bigger difference in a five person game uh, than in a, than a 20, than in a 11, 11 on 11, 11 on 11 or, or whatever. So, uh, but I could just see it easily starting to shift back to uh, a more team oriented game, maybe in the, in the upcoming years, Sure, which is what golden state is showing us. They, again, as we've stated, they just happen to have at least four potential hall of famers. They just might have the three best shooters in the game, in the game, the the last 10 or 15 years for sure. (laughs) Yeah. It's just a, it's a lot of people are in front offices are like, uh, your boy John Gruden, where they don't want to adjust to the times. And there's there's clearly metrics out there and numbers to look at that show you when you pass the ball over 300 times a game, mm-hmm. you're just better. You're better because you move the ball. But yeah, it, we just need smarter people in the front and NBA teams front office. Yeah, well, I think it'd be good but for publicity. Less burner too. accounts and more and more yeah. metrics. I think it'd be good for uh, publicity too if you've got like three homegrown stars that you know wouldn't have made it on another team as opposed to one guy who you kind of poached from, you know, San Antonio or something like that. Like, I feel like you would have a lot more fan loyalty to those three guys than the one person Man, is a mercenary. I saw an article this morning that made me think of you, LJ, and it, man, it kind of annoyed me. I bet it annoyed the hell out of you, but it was a uh, Kyrie Irving entering the last year of his contract. Uh, is his status with the Celtics murky? And it's like, come on. It's, we just got done with free agency. Uh, but I get it. People are already going, you know, you're already kind of thinking, oh, what if he went to the Knicks? What if Durant joined him at the Knicks? And it is fun to think about, but I just thought of you. I thought of LJ reading that and rolling his eyes going, oh my yeah. God. here we go again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted to get back to football real quick because it has me on a broader thought about TV. But did y'all see what uh, apparently Jim Harbaugh doesn't like his players eating chicken. I heard a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so Wilton Spate, the former quarterback, was he was doing some profile about like they were just talking to him about uh, Bleacher Report this time where they just weren't learned about Harbaugh and that program and just what it, what he's like. Yeah, and he said, you know, it's weird when I got there. He here, here's the quote. I'll just read the quote to you. It said early in in my tenure. Uh, Harbaugh pulled me aside told him, and told him not to eat chicken, a protein that is considered fairly safe by nutritionists. Spate said, said he asked Harbaugh why, and Harbaugh said, because it's a nervous bird. <laughs> and, then, and then he went on to say he thinks some type of sickness injected its way into the human, be- into human beings' population when people began eating white meats instead of beef and pork. <laughs> and then he said, and I'm not kidding, he 100% believes this. Oh. Uh, I just, that's so Jim Harbaugh. I mean, that's just so Jim Harbaugh. He's a nervous bird. He doesn't like (laughs) eating that nervous bird. (laughs) Well, so wait, wasn't it Wade Boggs who ate like an entire chicken every time he played a baseball game? Like pregame? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He ate an entire roasted chicken if I, or maybe fried chicken. I can't remember. (laughs) God, I've never heard that. Are you serious? (laughs) Oh dude, there's some lore around Wade Boggs. Dudes. Like I think drank a hundred beers on an airplane once. Uh, like ridiculous guy. But yeah, my understanding. I've been Wade Boggs. The first thing that comes up is chicken. <laughs> yeah, so there's the the legend of Wade Chicken Man Boggs. <laughs> I've never heard that. Wow, I've got to read up on that. There's there's LJ's right. There's a lot of and then right below it, the legend of Wade Boggs grows to 107 beers on one flight. <laughs> there, there's some there's some lore with Wade Boggs. 
Well, and I guess maybe what what that implies is that sports are just full of superstitious people. And so someone who eats a, a, a full chicken every night before he plays a baseball game and a person who believes that his entire uh, uh, species has been weighed down because they started eating chicken. It's just there's some weird people in sports. They're not they're not scientists for uh, for good reason. <laughs> so speaking of just sports in general, and I started thinking about this because you you brought it up earlier. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you just talked about how you kind of miss live TV. Yeah. And I, I think I want to get where you were going with that in a second. But I've noticed now with, with football now coming back, but when basketball ended and then there was – I'm baseball is just okay to me to watch on TV. I watch some playoffs maybe, especially right now in the regular season. I'm not really yeah. tuning in. Sure. And I just realized I don't think since basketball ended, I bet my TV's been on a total of, of like my direct TV. I bet I've turned it on a total of – four times in the past like two months i just don't watch tv unless it's a live sports but you're implying you still watch like shows and stuff just not yeah i'm like i'm watching my netflix or my all or nothing or absolutely you know i'll turn on game of thrones or the wire but i'm not i'm not consuming live tv ever unless it's unless it's a a a mavericks game or a cowboys game or something yeah definitely i I think you you say you miss live tv like what do you miss i don't think i'm missing out on anything I, I kind of miss, I, the days are gone of like, let's turn on whatever movies on TNT. And now the days exist of let's spend half an hour trying to figure out what we want to watch and then just feel tired and go to bed. Do agree there. I'm so, I miss having, uh, and, and I also miss radio for the same reason is like, I have to pick out which playlist in Spotify fits my mood instead of just turning on my car. And if a good song's on, a good song's on. And if not, I still have some noise to drive through. Um, having a curated collection just delivered to you instead of you having to go out and find it was really nice. Um, and, and so I will I just, say it was nice back in the day. Like you said, like if I'm flipping through the channels and the dark nights on TNT sure. or the Bo- or, or the born identity or something's on TNT, right. I can just, I can stop in, watch till the next commercial or whatever, or maybe I'm yeah. falling asleep or whatever. But yeah. now I get on Netflix and I'm like, Okay, what am I in the mood for? Man, yeah, mood for funny, I'm serious, and then all of a sudden yeah. I spend forty five minutes thinking about what I'm going to watch. Right. Yeah, and I like I've gone through and looked at all of the the movies that are suggested on Netflix, and then I look through all of the suspense movies on HBO, and then I look at all the documentaries on Amazon Prime, and it's just like I don't want to watch any of these right now. I just I need something on, but I can't just flip it to to TBS and watch Seinfeld for the umpteenth time. Okay, before you get off this, though, so we do remember flipping through the TV to, to find something to watch, right? we got a little mm-hmm, time yeah. to kill. You're flipping through the TV. I want you to name me one movie that if you're flipping through and it's on, even Ooh. if you've got 10 minutes or an hour or whatever you've got, you're going to stop and watch. Just give That's me a- one. I mean, I could probably name a couple, but give me, and I got my one, but what would be the one? Well, one, there's one that's coming to my mind, and it's because they're celebrating their 20-year anniversary right now. And it's the Big Lebowski. Okay. If that's yeah. on at any point, any yeah. any dialogue, any conversation they're having in there, You're I'm stopping. in. Yeah, I'm stopping yeah. it. I'm going to listen to it. Uh-huh. And I can turn it off or I can yeah. stay. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can go to work in 10 minutes if I need to. Or I can to. watch the whole yeah. damn movie. Yeah. <laughs> Either yeah. one. Okay. So yeah. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with I'm going to tell you excellent choice. Excellent yeah. choice. I cannot that. argue with that. And what do you got? Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, I because I don't ever have that life anymore. So it's. I always look. Okay, here's my I know, answer. That's what I'm saying. Before you forget, <laughs> here's here's my answer: is uh, whenever I have to clean the house, the first thing I do is look to see if Bad Boys One is on any of the streaming channels. There that we I watch. go. That or uh, Blue Streak. 
Bad Boys 1 or Blue Streak, I will always watch if I have an opportunity. Mm. A good action movie that you can, you know, jump yeah. in and out but of. But also, like, super, superfluous enough that, like, you don't have to actually pay attention to the entire thing. Like, if it if you yeah. miss an hour and a half, you, I mean, you miss, you still got your 10 minutes of it or whatever. So, it's fine. Well, now I'm excited. I'm excited to hear. That. I like those choices. But I'm excited to hear Dad because he brought this question up. I feel like he had Well, as, I, as I've yeah, been t- talking about, I'm going to go with the one I first thought up, but I thought of more. But I'm going to go with. Tin Cup. I love Tin Cup. I think y'all probably. Heard I've never me say seen that Tin before. Cup. You neither. Have never I. Seen it. Oh, you have to watch it. <laughs> oh, I mean, Kevin I Costner. Such a disappointment. That's wild you know, because this yeah. is the second time it's come up in the past twenty four hours for me. Someone mentioned it. I think Lane mentioned it yesterday. I was like, I love Tin Cup. It's one of my favorite movies. I'm telling you, if you've got ten minutes, you can get into <laughs> Tin Cup. It's just. I it's think the so JPP fantastic. Movie Club needs to have a have a watch party at some our, point. Our, our movie we review. We need to have like we a, need to have a movie review. We need to have like. We could, uh, you know, like like maybe like Thursday at nine o'clock or well, that's a little late. Maybe Thursday at like seven o'clock. Everybody who <laughs> listens can join us. We're all going to turn it on in our prospective houses and all watch it together separately. I we'll think do like that's... a Twitch video. Like we'll do it. We'll do it live streaming. Of us all there we go. <laughs> and we're just sitting there going, you know, you know, a movie that uh, the movies that kind of came to my mind when you first asked. And I think it's because we just mentioned it, but the Bournes, any of the Bournes, any of the Bournes, yeah. they're absolutely. Well, I any of the Bournes knew with Matt answer. Damon, with Matt Damon. I, yeah. I, I, what I, did you think that was going to be my answer, LJ? No, I, I, I thought your answer was going to be along came Polly. Oh, I was oh, pretty that certain one. that was the answer, but that's not one I thought <laughs> of. I mean, I thought of planes, trains, and automobiles. Now, um, raising yeah. Arizona yeah. would be another one. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh yes. Have y'all ever I, seen Midnight Run? Have you ever seen Midnight Run? Uh-uh. Charles Grodin and Robert De Niro. It came out, no, by the I way, I'm, I know this because it came out the same year that uh, Die Hard did. And y'all have seen Die Hard, okay. surely, right? Yes. Die Hard. Yes. You've not seen Die Hard with Bruce nope. Willis. You got to watch it's it. It's one of those things. Okay, Kevin. It's one of those things. It's not like I purposely didn't watch it, but I just think sometimes you just kind of miss out on a movie and you just, I, I always thought I should have went back and just never did. Mm. Okay, so I've got something to say on that. I, uh, I I mentioned it to you guys in an email. I watched Ghostbusters for the first time like a week and a half ago. Same. And I've never seen Ghostbusters, I and that's one of those I just even having watched it, I think I missed it. Like it just felt it felt like it was it was yeah. too late. Like I I saw it maybe five years too late, but it was just too late for me. And like, there's no point in going back. I, I wouldn't suggest somebody go watch it for the first time right now, even though I understand you know that I it's a great movie. You know what I feel that way about? The Office. I kind of want to watch The Office. And I think, did y'all all watch it? Oh, I, I loved think, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, and I think I'm I watching just missed it. I think I missed the time. I think The Office holds up. Unless, have, have you tried watching it and, and just I've not liked it? I've watched about three episodes and it's okay. You know, it's all right. Have you watched from the beginning or have you watched like Started just from the beginning. some other? I watched the first okay, three Okay, so episodes. I think that's your problem is I, I really don't. The first three episodes were just like trying to exactly copy even word for word at times the british version of the office and so by halfway through the second season they've really found their stride i think i would if i were you just like plop yourself sat down somewhere in like the third season and okay. you know if you get a kick out of it you get a kick out of it but i i don't think you've missed it yet i think you've still got okay. some time on that one you know speaking of the office just it shows in general but like if you notice Pam and Jim, you won't know who I'm talking about, maybe, but they get better looking as like from when the show first starts. Even Michael Scott does, but even from the, when the yeah. show first starts to when it ends, Jim is like a dashing. You know, he's a good looking man. Yeah. At the beginning, yeah. he's got like you know he's kind of a goofy looking bowl cut and yeah. 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 Does, does that? So my question is, it seems like that happens in a lot of shows, and is that they purposely 
want him to look not as good at the beginning, he's going to get better looking over time, or is it as fame? Because that show started getting more popular and more popular, and as fame kind of hits the actor, John Krasinski, does, as, as fame comes, maybe so does, you know, start worrying more about, you know, fitness and skin complexion and all this. Is it the show doing it or is it him doing it? I think part of it is he he as a person goes from having to, I don't know, maybe cater all day long or wait tables all day long or, you know, has a day job to now he gets paid enough to do this silly little show that he gets to just work out all day every day. So um, because he, I think that's part that, of it. You notice it in a lot of shows and they just don't. The girl, all of a sudden, by the end of it, you're like, wow, she is beautiful. And I don't remember thinking that at the beginning. Or, man, he's like a really good-looking guy. And at the beginning, he was a goofy SOB, you know? And it just seems like it happens over the course of big show, good shows. So I know you know this, Kevin, but I think one of my favorite uh, things that that has created, because that's definitely a thing that happens all the time. And so one of my favorite things that that's created is uh, in Always Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, uh, the guy who plays Mac, uh, I've lost his name right now, but the guy who plays Mac, <laughs> Uh, decided he hated it that every sitcom he watches, everybody gets prettier by the end of it. And so he put on like 70 pounds or something like that just for the sake of breaking that stereotype. Legit seven, when he was, when he was carrying Rob McElhaney, when he was Rob carrying McElhaney, around yeah. a, 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 like a trash bag full of full burritos. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he put on, he put on like, you know, just straight up fat for the point of comedy and not, being one of those shows where everybody gets prettier. I, I thought it was a joke. Like, look, he, here's a picture of him, Dad. He's a, he's not a bad looking guy. Right, he's built. Right. He literally put on like sixty pounds of fat. Like he just got fat. You can yeah. see his face, his stomach. He yeah. was just big. Just because just to be funny. Just to be because in all shows they get better looking. So he was like, I'm not going to. I'm going to get. And he's yeah. a writer for the show too, I believe, and so. a producer and a creator. Um, and he's like, oh yeah, he's all in. Yeah. So uh, and then they also wrote it into the plot where like he. Uh, he considered it bulking for working out. Um, so he would bulk up on like six burritos for breakfast and then, uh, not go to the gym because he didn't have time. Cause he ate all those burritos. <laughs> I had this situation the other night and I mean, uh, honestly it happened late, uh, at night and I had a great idea. I was going to the bathroom before I go to bed, you know, just, yeah. you know, anyway, going to the bathroom. I think I've got this fantastic idea. And so I walk out of the bathroom, I'm finished my business in there and I go into the table to write it down and I can't remember what my idea uh, was. Yeah. It was so fantastic. Like in that span. That, yeah. In 30 seconds, yeah. I had the greatest idea. I mean, maybe would have revolutionized <laughs> the world You know, and I lost it. So there's like, I mean. there's like a psychological uh, study been done about that where it turns out they call it the doorway effect. If you enter a new room, a lot of times it clears the slate of your brain. It just like straight up empties it out and resets you for a new situation. And so walking through a doorway or walking through an entryway, that's why like, you know, you walk into the kitchen and you stare at the fridge for you like 30 seconds you trying to figure to out. Yeah. What, what did I come for? Yeah. And then you realize like an, a minute and a half later, it was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to make coffee or something like nothing to do with the fridge. Um, well now but, I can say that I have walked back in said room bathroom, not this time, but I've walked back in said room and just stood there for a minute and sometimes my thought yeah. will come back to yeah. me, yeah. you know, in that same going back in that room where you had the so you idea think the yeah. room. Like, did you leave the thought in the room? Yeah, I think I leave the thought in the room. Maybe I that's think, what LJ said. You get a new slate in a new room. I mean, so. I think there is some validity to that. You know, like uh, one of the things that I was always told in like high school is when you're studying, chew a particular gum and then chew that gum while you're actually taking the test and it'll help you recall things better. 
And I think, oh. yeah, because like your senses. Why are you just laying this on us now? Well, I figured this was common knowledge. I was taught it in high school. Where were you guys? <laughs> yeah, you could have, you could have made my, G- I could have turned some of those G's to man. Geez. Uh, and I, obviously LJ didn't learn it early in college. <laughs> well, no, I didn't use it. I thought it was better than the gum trick. And obviously I was not. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, your senses I think are, are deeply tied to your memory and to your creative functions. And so like, I think that in, in a very, very metaphorical sense, you do leave your thoughts in a room and you do leave your thoughts in a, in a meal or whatever, like your, your thoughts, you mm. find them laying around whenever you revisit that thing sometimes. Mm. But I like that. Um, but yeah, that's, that happens. So- you might have came up with like something to revolutionize the world and it got left in the bathroom. So far, it might come to me. Just, hey, world, hang on. There was a revolutionary idea <laughs> that was going to make all our lives better. And when I think of it, you'll be happier and I'll make more money. So. You know, I got to, I, I think something that could make the world better is the lock by my door when I leave. Cause so, like, if I'm leaving at night, and I have to lock my door. I wish there was like not a big yeah. light, but just a little bitty light that was like almost like motion sensor that would light up my just dead a little bolt. pin light that my just... deadbolt to where I see where my key goes in and like if it's held up the right way. Because mine is a little finicky; it doesn't go in right. And so like I'm sitting there, and, and yeah. some I, a lot of times like I'll be getting ready to go to work and it's dark, and I'll have my hands fall. You know, I have my lunch in my hand. I have a drink in my hand, like up in between my arm. Like I have a lot of stuff in my hands. And you know where the keys are in the same side. And they're in the same side pocket. Yeah. <laughs> and I get my keys out. I'm like, son of a gun. And then it won't work. And I have to set everything down and then lock, like turn my phone yeah. light on. And I just think. Do you have a porch light? Uh, no. Well, I have one, but the light bulb's out. I could just get a porch light. But Replace also, I don't the- like, I don't like, like you leave your porch light on the whole time you're gone. I don't like leaving. I don't porch usually light when on. I'm gone, but I like to leave it on at night when I'm here because uh, that way at least someone can't walk up to your door and be inconspicuous. I mean, there is a light there that would, you know, not give them time. Wait, to wait, wait so you don't leave it on when you're gone. I, you know, I, I, I try to be random about it, honestly, because, because well, yeah. But so then that doesn't solve Kevin's problem at all to have a porch light by your methodology. Well, but I turned the porch light on at night period. So if I was to come in, fair enough. if, if I leave at five o'clock in the afternoon and it's still daylight and I know I'm not getting back till 10, I'm turning the porch lights on. So that I would be able so to when see. You get I'll back, say you can- the the worst time for that is like the winter because the sun Earth. goes down like by the time you get home from work. And right. so you either have to leave your light on all day or. Um, but I would say, I think, Kevin, you've got a good invention yeah. there. But the problem is, I think you're like 10 years too late because we're about to have like locks that you put your fingerprint on. Yeah. Locks well, that recognize so you I thought about the, the, the cameras and- now they have those like motion sensor cameras where I think mom has one where like yeah. if, if she's here, she could be here in Texas, Canada. If, someone, if the UPS guy comes to her door. She'll get like an alert and she can look at Sends it. it to her she phone. can see who's there. She yeah. can even see who's at my door. And maybe she goes, oh, it's just a mailman, you know? Yeah. And so if they have that, yeah. surely they can make a, just a cheap, not even that super expensive, but a little light that goes somewhere. Maybe it light, lights up around the deadbolt. Like it's a little bitty light that just kind of like lights up when you when the key touches it or something. You're totally right. And like the, I think the problem is this technology has existed for a long time and someone really should have came up with this 10 years ago because I think it would have sold a ton. They probably but like now I think it's because how expensive is a webcam and how expensive, you know, you're, you're already paying for the internet. So it's not like you need like another service yeah. or anything. Like I could probably come up with a camera like mom has for relatively cheap and sell it for, you know, not like maybe a hundred percent more than you spit charge for your light. And if that's something like, you know, $20 compared to $40, I think I'd rather well. have the camera. Yeah. So so my idea would have been good. Yeah, my idea would have been good in two thousand eight, yeah. maybe. Yeah, right. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Brilliant. Also, then. while we're talking, uh, while we're here, kind of, I want to, I had to explain to Kevin, I think this will be an easy one for you two, but okay. I was listening to, it was actually, it was a couple weeks ago now. You have but to consider the audience. <laughs> I was with the other, a couple weeks ago, we went out to, we went up to Hopkins here at Dexcan and saw Jed play. Mm-hmm. Jed uh, was playing uh, for, uh, what was it? Karaoke night, not karaoke night. Uh, Mike, uh, open my, mic, open night. mic night. Yeah. And I thought about it. I've thought about this before, but so an acoustic guitar, LJ, it works by the sounds like it makes inside the guitar, right? And it's like hollow, and when it plays... Yes and no. Am I totally off base? I mean... Well, what I don't get is an acoustic guitar sounds good when you're just playing Like if me and Dad are in a room and he yeah. starts playing it, albeit, I mean, I don't know how good he'll play it, but <laughs> if we're in the same room and someone starts playing the acoustic guitar, it's going to sound good. Yeah. It's got a good melody. Why does it work if you plug it in? How does that same sound all go to the... Do you get what I'm saying? Like I a, think that's a really electric good guitar I get. How can an acoustic guitar be electronically amplified? Because yeah, I get why an electric guitar works through a chord, but I don't see why an ac- acoustic one works. I actually yeah. think... Uh, Is there so, an easy answer? So I would say, actually, there you probably actually get how an acoustic guitar works, but you don't get how an electric guitar works. You just don't know it yet. Um, that's, so, very, that's probably true. <laughs> so an acoustic guitar works in that... So the sound comes from the strings vibrating. That's where the sound is created. And then the okay. reason that it sounds good is that it's bouncing around on the inside and kind of rounding out the sound and reverberating a bit and then coming out a little bit louder. Um, so the way that you make that sound when you plug it in is usually there's just a little microphone on the inside and that just picks it up. It's just that simple. Um, and then that microphone converts to whatever signal it needs to to run to the speaker. Whereas an electric oh. electric guitar is actually there are these little pickups that are not microphones, but they're more picking up the electric fields of the vibrating strings. And then that gets converted into a sound as it gets transferred to an amp or whatever. Okay. That makes sense. So on an acoustic guitar, it's just a, basically a microphone replicating the sound. Oh, it's just in there picking in it up. Elect- in the same way that your yeah, microphone's picking, picking up, up your voice right now. And amplifying it. But yeah. in an electric guitar, the pickups are getting more of an electric, what'd you say, the electrical field? Right. They're measuring an electrical the strings. field. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you can make it sound a, a lot of different ways. I Correct. Think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just one of those things I've never really thought about. I've seen, you know, I've seen people play guitar yeah. and I've seen it plugged up. It just the other day I was like, an acoustic guitar sound, it's an acoustic. How does it, like Dad said, how does it become electric? You know, how does it? Well, I think that's a spectacular get, that question. Sense. I mean, that's not a, that's, this isn't an explained to Kevin where you look like an idiot. I this think this isn't is a, typical a really one. good question. <laughs> and, uh, and I think, I mean, the answer that's, I think is relatively yeah. simple, but like also like, you know, only if you really thought about it. I think that's a great question. Yeah. Had a boy, Kevin. Had a boy. <laughs> Chew well, gum. And I- <laughs> all right. Well, let's. We're gonna segue over to how we always end it, and it's the what we're listening to side. And I want to go ahead and start. I've been jamming to some Anderson Pop. That's oh, who yeah. I was on my way in. On my way into Texas, Canada this weekend, I thought I want to listen to some old Anderson Anderson Pop. And I, I listened to the the Malibu. Yeah. album and it's it's just it's he just good. got a groove to him i like it he has that newer song i think it's bubbly is that what it's called i think so i really like it but he just i just like it he has a good flow a good jam like uh it. i've we've got a friend here in chicago that they have a record player and they have that malibu album on vinyl and for whatever reason that just feels like an album that should be on vinyl like it, there's something i think jake i think jake perlman it. has it on vinyl yeah it just feels classic well and there's also i found this thing i might try to go find it back on twitter and put it in the show notes but there's some i think it's just a random person got an anderson pock song 
and he mashed it with him playing like the saxophone. Okay. And it is so cool. Okay. And it was cool because the guy just tweeted, like, look at this, look at what I made. Uh, and you can tell he just made it in his like extra room or something, you know, yeah. like his game room. Yeah. And Anderson Pock, I guess, caught wind of it and noticed it was like, dude, this is awesome. Let's That's link cool. up next summer. I think it's just a random fan, but it, it did sound really cool. I'm going to try to find it. And I'll put it in our show notes. Well, that but. reminds me, something else maybe we put in our show notes is I'll have to look for it also, but some dude, uh, wrote a song uh use like to add to uh, he he produced a song around some t-pain vocals um that t-pain did at a tiny desk concert and it was uh so then t-pain got the shout out and he said hey let's record a song together because he made this you know <laughs> hobby beat or whatever it was very cool so hmm. t-pain can actually sing like when you take away the his tiny desk concert have a voice yeah yeah it's good yeah so LJ, what, what have you been listening to this week? I, okay. So I was in, uh, I don't know the answer to this yet, so I'm doing research, but, uh, but I was in, Hannah and I were in the social security administration office here in Chicago, uh, doing a little bit of a name change and the music coming up over the speakers was strange and awesome. Like I, I called it when we were talking about it, I called it a bit of a swaggy doors, um, because it was like like almost like seventies, like alt rock and uh psychedelic rock mixed with a little bit of like hip hop. It was very strange for what was essentially a federal lobby. And uh, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I really, it's not typically where I go to listen to yeah. like new music. Like So, so I've reached out to the social security administration <laughs> to try to find out what the song is. And like, maybe, you know, in due time, I could maybe get an interview on how the process, because like what blew me away is they were talking about the same music is playing in every social security office in all of America right now. So um, who makes that decision and how did they end up with such a weird choice? Like you would expect like Wait, Kenny G covers you- or something, but <laughs> You reached out to the social security office. Well, I'm reaching out. And said, I, I talked hey, I to somebody. Like, okay. Yeah. I talked to somebody in the office and they told me that. So I reached out to, cause I was like, Hey, if anybody wants to, I would love to talk more about this to anybody that's willing to give me their ear because this is so weird to me. But um, So you're so. saying that we could have been in the social security office here and we would have heard the same music at the same time. If you, as would have, you did. that's what, that's what they told me. I don't know. That's why I want to talk to somebody. I, that is such a weird, <laughs> like who makes that decision? And also like, was this song written for the social security office or was this a song? Like, where did the composer <laughs> intend for this to go? Um, because it's such a weird this song for that location. In the lobby. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I, I want to talk to anybody involved in that process. Um, so maybe I'll get to, I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep you guys updated so, if I do, but all that being said, we don't know. Well, I can't play it for you now, yet. but eventually if I can point out who the swaggy doors are, uh, then I'll, <laughs> I'll let the listeners know for sure, because I was totally digging. Now, was that the name of a group or just what you called it? They were, that's what I call swaggy it. doors, okay. right? Because they were, they're like the doors, like, you know, uh, the band, mm-hmm. but they were and, swaggy. Yeah. They had a little, uh, they had a little, uh, extra walk to them. I don't know. They were very cool. Were, were you, were you jiving or were you jiving? To it? <laughs> uh, I guess I was probably jiving, but I was also jiving with it quite well. So. <laughs> All right. Well, so the listeners need to stay tuned for not only that, but also dad's revolutionary idea that may or may not come back to yeah. him. Right this episode might okay. be very fruitful in the next month or so, but we'll see. It could be. <laughs> or not. It could not be. Or not. Yeah. It could be nothing. <laughs> so, so for what LJ's listening to, I would put down LJ uh, Swaggy Doors. <laughs> and, <laughs> stay and no tuned. Because we tuned. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
All right. Well, so what, what have you been listening to, Dad? Uh, well, so I've listened to all the Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, I mean, I'm very sad. I've listened to every single what, one uh, of all his, season, three all seasons? three seasons. Of how many history. how many weeks in a row do we get to just punch our card and call ourselves a Malcolm Gladwell response show? Hey, whatever. <laughs> I'm telling you, I dig him. Bromance going on. But so I actually listened to some music and I got a group out that I've really loved and I haven't listened to in a while. Collective Soul. Do y'all know Collective Ooh, yeah. Soul? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, good, good, because so the, many good albums. So many, Tons but so but there's two. Uh Discipline Breakdown, which is really yes. good, and yeah. uh Dosage. And Dosage has heavy yeah. and but but yeah. some of the best lyrics, and we are going to address I've been kind of updating my top five hundred. Oh, by the way. Oh, have you? I've made a okay. few changes in my top five hundred. Yeah. Is there still so, a number one that we knew about, or has that number has that one moved? that you know about? I have not changed. Marvin Gaye. Let's get okay. it on number right. one. Right. I mean, that's all right. For I mean, for anyone that doesn't know, this is top five hundred songs. Right? Songs. Yeah. 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 Right. You've we brought it up uh, when we talked about the national anthems. Right. Four months ago, something like that. So. And I still, I may put Destiny's Child rendition of the national anthem in my top five hundred. That yeah. was amazing. It was good. Yeah. It's good stuff. Hard to beat. Hard to beat. Yeah. But so Collective Soul, just generally Collective well, just Soul? Just Collective Soul, but Discipline Breakdown is probably the album yeah. I, would, I would point you towards. And it is it is excellent. You will get to listen to it if you go to our website and hit the button. And it will be <laughs> on my playlist, which is the best of the three playlists that are there. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, it's, that, a fact. You know, it's a fact. It's a fact. I haven't updated like, mine in like probably your six opinion, weeks. Man. So. Huh? That's just that's like, just uh, like <laughs> your opinion, man. <laughs> Dude. I'm the duder. <laughs> since it's since it's 20 year anniversary, I thought it'd be it's worth getting a bring a little Lebowski, get, get, get a Lebowski ref, get yeah, a dude ref. You know, I mean, I got married under the Church of Dudism, so uh. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I mean, are you legal? Dude. Are you legally married? Yeah, the Church of Dudism, though. I mean, that's... Yep, it's officially recognized by the state of Illinois. Okay, well, okay, there you go. Good, and and there you have it. I think I think that do it for us this week. Uh, as always. You can catch us on our website at jpppod.com or on our Twitter at jpppodcast or on Facebook at Just Press Play. Um, I think that's it for me. Y'all got anything else? I think I'm done. Football's uh, no, back, I'm baby. Whoop. We'll pick Siri. Our pilot does a good pin, the Pilot G2s, which is it's a clicky pin. What, what's y'all's stance on that clicker? You're a lid guy, it seems like. I always remember you having lid pins. It, it depends. Uh, you better believe it. If I'm if I'm going out like at lunch to run a few errands and I might need to run by the bank and do a deposit click slip or something, good. I'm going to get a click pin and I'm going to get a good click pin because I want to use my pin, not their pin. Their pin's usually shitty. Why, wait, well, why do you want a click pin in that situation instead of a lidded pin? Because I can carry, it's just, I can carry it with me and I'm ready to go click. I'm ready. We're here. It takes two hands to pull the pin apart and okay. stick it on All the right. back. And just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get that. Uh, are, you, are you a lidded? I like a lid pin because I kind of like the, the ceremony. It's kind of like I like to grind my own coffee. Not because it tastes better, but because like it's... The ceremony like of a pin? Okay. Yeah. No, it's, you find the ceremony the click, in little things. The click things. doesn't do it for you, just clicking <laughs> in? But he said no. a lidded pin, right? Not a click Yes, pin. correct. He doesn't want right. to click. Because it has no ceremony. It has no pomp and circumstance. Well, <laughs> you know, talking about ceremonies, you know something that was so cool and... I, you, you guys know I, I, I just enjoyed remembering my dad the way he would light a cigarette. I mean, he had his Zippo lighter. Yeah. He was just the coolest James Dean guy. You know, he yeah, always thought it was super out, cool. Puts it in there, flicks that lighter with one hand, lights it, flicks it down real quick, 
puts it up and it just, I just something about, I think it was, it was granddaddy that is what I think about it, but something about the uh, Zippo lighter, like popping it open mm-hmm. and, and then shutting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just cool. I yeah. remember him doing that all the time. It made me want to just have a Zippo lighter yeah. at all times. <laughs> like I, I would never one. use it, but just to have it. Just-